Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers animated podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. I'm David. And today we are teaming up with SUV, the Society of Ultimate Villainy. Uh, this first aired... You got it right. Yes. First aired May 31st, uh, 2008, almost ten years ago now, which is terrifying. Uh, written by uh, Dean. Okay, written by Dean Stefan, who has gone on to uh, write a bunch of rescue bots. Ooh. Uh, but prior to this, did a whole bunch of superhero cartoons and also a uh, bunch of episodes of Quack Pack. Quack Pack. <laughs> that was the show where Huey, Dewey, and Louie have superpowers. What? What? That was, was the show that existed after. Before or after Lunatics Unleashed? This is before. Uh, this is like mid-90s. Weird. And I think uh, like Ludwig von Drake was their Professor X. <laughs> oh, that just sounds wrong. <laughs> Why? Why? At least I'm reasonably sure that's what I'm thinking of. I may be thinking of the wrong thing. Why, Disney? Why? Anyway, so this, uh, I thought that would be relevant with the, uh, the recent DuckTales premiere, which I guess will be like two weeks from now for everybody uh, listening to this. Or two weeks ago. So good. Watch it. I stole my DVR. Oh. I've got to watch it. Alright, maybe I'll we'll watch it. Pretty good. Transformers! Return of the well, with the long-awaited return of Nanosec. Who is young again? Yes, somehow. For reasons. Well, we we do find out those reasons, kind of. Yes. Oh yeah. So that's nice. Unlike how we never found out where Megatron gets all this bounty money from. <laughs> yeah. The well, Megatron finds out that bounty money flew from a source, but. <laughs> Nanosec gets young from reasons, and reasons are <laughs> so the small deal. So the Autobots are chasing him down. He is too fast. So Autos Prime says, "You know, I'll be go down a side street and cut him off at the pass." Uh, but probably will not do this, and because he insists that he is just faster than Nanosec. But uh, he will not have any part of that. No, and before long, he is much lower than Nanosec because a beam comes out of nowhere. And stop and slows him down. Also, he he turns not entirely grayscale, but he turns grayish here. Like, did did he die? He gets desaturated. Yeah, I think that means he dies. He dies. <laughs> so he dies. I mean, by Transformers okay. animated rules, uh, turning gray means death. Yeah. So, I guess that's it. End of episode. Good yep. night, everybody. <laughs> oh, it was uh, it was pretty rough when uh, we died. Yeah. So yeah, Nanosec gets away, and the rest of the Autobots just crash into the stationary Bumblebee. So of course, Prime is all you know, 
what's going on, Double Maybe we should have Ratchet take a look at you. There's obviously something wrong with you. Oh, and I forgot to mention that uh, Nanosec makes a Nixon joke here. He did? He I remember he, he said Nanosec is back, baby, but... I well, he also says that he's tanned, rested, and ready, which I think in 1980 at the Republican oh. convention, a bunch of, like, Nixon fans jokingly distributed, like, Nixon 80 banners. Nixon, he's tanned, rested, and ready. <laughs> oh, no, my mistake, this is 1988. Wow. Huh. So tanned, rested, ready, and also super old. Yeah. Just a little. Oh, Nixon. And yeah, uh, once again, nanosec voiced by uh, comedian Brian Posehn. Yeah. Him this be- is not the last of the things where I think he's naking someone. Uh, so, Bobby will not go to the doctor either, so he's he's going to prove to Optimus that he's, that he's fine and he's going to find nanosec. And Sari is riding along with him, and she discovers that he does indeed have a built-in police scanner, which you'd think he would have noticed earlier, considering that he was scanned from a police car. Well, <laughs> yes. that doesn't necessarily mean it's part of your stock radio. I suppose that's true. In this true. case, it's apparently part of his stock radio as he picks up those frequencies. But given that his stock radio is probably, you know, based on Cybertronian stuff... It probably picks up all the frequencies. That's true. I mean, do you think he also, like, when he scanned Fanzone's car, he also, like, got all Fanzone's preset radio stations? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of classic rock. Like, the really cheesy dad classic rock. Like it's classic rock. W-103 of the Fox. And, and, it, and it's sports talk. Like, yeah, sports Fanzone's call-in talk radio. strikes me as kind of a talk radio guy. Like, you turn on that radio, and it is two white guys yelling about the Red Wings. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, yeah, yeah, this is Dave from Dearborn. I uh, I think we've got to make a coaching change, and uh, I think we got to have fewer Europeans on the team. <laughs> I'm so confident about that. I'm driving down to Virginia to run people in for the car. Oh. <laughs> uh. But hey, indeed, there is a robbery in progress at Circuit Guys Electronics. <laughs> I guess uh, Circuit you know, City merged Circuit with Guys. Good Guys. And I, I have one explanation of this. What does he have in his sack that's so valuable? You know, sack things. That is a good question. Because indeed is being robbed by the angry archer. Verily. Who I now I'm I'm sure this probably happened and I didn't notice it. So I'm assuming Nanosec had his own music that that I failed to notice, but Angry Archer absolutely has his own music. And it's all like jangly Renfest sounding music. <laughs> yeah, apparently it's supposed to sound like a harpsichord. Yes. Sure, I guess. Yeah, so it's like old timey. Because indeed, as Nanosec, or as the Angry Archer flees with a magnet arrow, uh, he says, Exunt, which is a, uh, that's a Shakespearean stage direction. <laughs> for when you leave the stage. And for exit stage right even. Well, he's not, he's not Snagglepuss. <laughs> well, what do you mean? <laughs> and he's considerably less he camp. Yeah. And he's a man who wears a skirt. Yeah, but his general attitude is kind of 
Snagglepuss level. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, Bumblebee, he once again gets blasted by the energy, slows down, and uh, he thinks that maybe there's a problem with his carburetor, which cars don't have carburetors anymore, do they? Mm, Not generally, no. And they certainly won't in 50 years. (laughs) Or, I guess, 33 years at this point. Maybe they come back in fashion? These vehicles aren't electrically powered. This is true. So, yeah, he's... Finally, there's a third crime in progress, and that is Professor Princess attacking a video arcade, which, speaking of things that aren't around now and certainly won't be in uh, 2050... (laughs) And she also has her own music, which is very Sailor Moon sounding. It is very Sailor Moon. It's, it's pretty it's great. great. And yeah, she has uh, she has recapitated uh, powdered sugar. Her uh, My Little Pony mount. <laughs> yes. Such a good pony. And Professor Princess once again continuing her crusade to destroy, you know, video games and war toys and. Non niceness. Violent things. Yeah. Non nice things. Yes. Bumblebee for a third time gets blasted by this blue energy and he thinks, okay, maybe maybe I am sick, but Sari notes that her key is reacting to this, and thus something in an all spark fragment wielded by someone or something has something to do with this. Mm. Oh no. And indeed there is a shadowy figure on a on a nearby rooftop. Dun dun! Slow mo. Yes, it is slow mo, based on uh, Hasbro executive Samantha Lomo. Uh huh. She had a nominative. Wait, she's based upon a person with a nominative determinism name. Yes. <laughs> what? I, well, I mean, presumably the actual Samantha Lomo is not like a, a time obsessed supervillain. And I mean. Okay. Again, and I think she's on like some of the special features from some Transformers DVD, so she also does not talk like a uh, like a fast talking dame in a thirty screwball comedy. Dame McGoyle. Just good. Ah, but she is kind of great. She has got this whole time theme going on. She's got like a zil like a thirties time theme. She's got a. Giant Flava Flav clock. She's got like five <laughs> yes. watches on each wrist. Oh, she is delightful. She's got a watch choker. She's got a it's veil. Very, it, it's a bit Clock King. Yes, and I guess she's also a yeah. Prince fan because uh, she's got a Raspberry Beret. Uh, the <laughs> kind you find in a second-hand store. Maybe she's much too fast. Her pupils are also the hands of a clock. Or yes. maybe she's wearing contacts. Which and is also weird. Her, her hideout is in a clock factory where her, her teammates meet around a giant clock face, which is a, around a table that is a giant gear, which has a clock in it. Well, presumably it's in a clock tower. So, you know. She is dedicated to this gimmick. Yes. So she, because I guess she, used, she ha- even has like kind of a clock king origin story. Where she used to work in a clock factory, and then she, I guess, found this Allspark fragment, which then she has made into, like, this time ray. So it is kind of interesting that we got a whole season of non-Allspark fragment-powered super people 
now we've got our first AllSpark Fragment-powered one. I guess unless you count uh, Master Disaster. Uh, yeah, I guess there's that. Yeah. But anyway, she's... Uh, she's... I didn't really think of him as a super villain so much as just, you know, a guy running a thing. Yeah, I mean, he's not... He wouldn't be in this team, so... Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, she also sort of has to reiterate everything she says in a... Uh, with a couple of synonyms. You know, we're gonna, <laughs> yes. we're gonna get away from the cops. We're gonna, we're gonna outrun the fuzz. Because she's gotta fill all that talking. And she is talking, talking very quickly. And, yes. uh, she's, she's voiced by Tara Strong, by the way. Ah, okay. I meant to look that up. Not really that quickly. It seems normal to me. And, uh, yeah, she is, she and Nanosec are just low-level hitting on each other the whole episode. <laughs> I love the flirting. Yes. I mean, much like Prince, he likes the Raspberry Beret. If it was warmer, she wouldn't wear much more. And, as it turns out, she is why he got turned young. She used her thing to reverse the effects of his suit. Turn him young. Yeah, yeah, so is she, did she, does it, because it doesn't freeze things permanently, did she have to sort of, does she, is she just giving him like boosts throughout the entire episode? Maybe. Yes. Well, we only actually see her using the freezing ability, maybe it has a slight rewinding ability? Yeah, maybe that's it. I'll buy it. <laughs> Although the freezing ability only works on machines, so maybe, it works different on organics, I guess? Yeah. Anyway, it turns out she's like a big supervillain fangirl. Yes. And so, hey, we, she says, hey, we should be uh, like a, a, re- a regular Legion of Doom here. <laughs> a, a Sinister Four. And I believe it's here where they can't come up with a good name for their team. Yeah, Nanosec tries the hardest. Well, he, he wants them to be the fast and the villainous. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh... Angry Archer wants them to be the League of Extraordinary Criminals. And Sloma wants them to be crime time. <laughs> so they all want something and, that's, like, suited to them. I mean, clearly she was really hoping for crime time, because they've got the whole time-themed base. Yeah. Hmm. And Professor Princess is totally offended by the idea of them being criminals, but she's so bad at being a criminal. Well, cause, that it turns into a thing. Yeah, it's like, like, she's not a super villain in the comic book sense. She's a villain in the wrestling sense in that she doesn't realize she's the bad guy. Yes. Yeah. And she just wants to get rid of, you know, all those awful war toys. And uh, the Autobots are the biggest war toys of all. Yes. So, yeah, they uh, they go to a Sumdeck Systems factory. They, uh... Wait, no, sorry, we're... I'm jumping ahead. Uh, so, yeah, they... Skipped over the Hector Ramirez cameo again. Oh yeah, that is Lester Black. Right. So yeah, and they're they're committing crimes all over the place. You know, they're they have uh, a montage of criminal activity. Yes, but unfortunately, they still haven't quite mastered the whole crime planning thing uh, because they don't have a getaway car. Oops! Until they do. <laughs> yeah, so they're they're stealing. I guess they're robbing. An electronic store because uh, uh, Nanosec has stolen a giant TV that is too large for him to carry because he, he likes watching <laughs> sports. 
And Professor Princess has just stolen a bunch of dolls. Yep. Says, hey, I need a dolly. Uh, well, she's got a bunch of dollies. I've uh, got a bunch of dollies. Uh, she's just got a bag of them on the back of powdered sugar. Yeah, we get uh, at some point, Nanosec calls angry Archer William Smell. Yes, that, that got a laugh out of me. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a very childish pun, but it still works. I mean, it, it's absolutely something that Nanosec would say. Yeah. Yes. And also, we get a couple of double entendres from Slow Mo and Nanosec. <sighs> so much hitting on each other. Yep. He, uh, yeah. Yeah. She likes a work man who works fast, and he likes a girl who takes it slow. <sighs> I mean, Professor Princess probably doesn't know what's going on, but I assume no. Angry Archer is just <laughs> low level, like well, just passive like aggressive we're... with them all the time. He's rolling his <laughs> eyes at everyone else this entire episode. Yes. I mean, presumably he's well-educated. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, I guess Professor Princess, apparently, judging by her mugshot, is an actual professor. <laughs> With a PhD. Yes. Yeah, Angry Archer's also been at this the longest. Everybody else has started since the series began. Well, presumably, yeah, I mean, I, I guess... kind of kids. I mean, Nanosec was mostly a career criminal, but not a career super criminal. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, they, uh... Bumblebee is after them, the cops are after them, and, uh... But hey, Slomo gets a call, and, uh, they've got, uh, they've got a mysterious benefactor who, uh, seems to have provided them with a, uh, a mustard-colored Humvee. That was totally inconspicuous. And uh, this call, by the way, from uh, Fred Willard. Yes. Yay, <laughs> guest casting. Everybody's favorite sitcom uh, guest star. Also, he was at the beginning of Wall-E. Oh, that's right. I mean, he is in a... And I, I don't know, do we even need to tell people what Fred Willard is in? He, Fred Willard is in everything. Well, He's younger in people wouldn't know, but for a while he was like, that character actor who would show up in lots of things with a very dry. He was delivery. in not this. He was in. He was in Anchorman. He was on Roseanne. He's in uh, this oh. is Spinal Tap. <laughs> uh, I wasn't sure if he was in Spinal Tap. It's been a while. He is the guy who runs the military base. Mm-hmm. I think he calls him Spinal Tarp at one point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he's done a fair bit of voice acting as well. And uh, we, we're also not going to mention that time he was arrested. That's... <laughs> yeah, Wait, leave, leave that out. Probably for the best. I mean, he was arrested for doing something that is technically illegal, but listen, just leave those people alone. <laughs> they haven't discovered the internet yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh! Oh, it's oh, sad. I mean, he's doing okay. He's still turned up on uh, Modern yeah. Family a bunch. It wasn't bad for his career. I mean, listen, he, he's an old guy. That's just, they don't know how to work the internet. That's just how <laughs> things worked back in, like, the 50s. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so yeah, Fred Willard is telling them that hey, he's, a, he's a big fan of uh, their, uh, their criminal exploits, and uh, now he's given them this uh, sweet car. Uh, but hey, Slomo's also, you know, hey, you know, it's a car. That's great and all, but I'm still, you know, the leader of this uh, villainous team. And then a giant cannon comes out the back of the Hummer, 
and blows away a bunch of police cars. <laughs> Pretty great. Yep. But of course we get a shot of the police coming out of the wrecked car uh, to ensure us that nobody died. So that's Cobra <laughs> rules. You have to do that. Yep. And hey, this uh, their benefactor has a, a certain plan that uh, they might be interested in. We uh, rob a bunch of places, and then I can make them into a giant super weapon. So yeah, they go to a Sumdac Systems factory. Uh, Angry Archer tries to blow up the lock, but uh, Professor Princess has defused all of his explosive arrows. <laughs> yes. Or I Those don't are mean. Those are Explosions Unless aren't nice, rainbows. except when they look like beautiful rainbows. Yes. Which, like, <laughs> if explosions were rainbow-colored, they'd be more awesome, yes? But... <laughs> and then she blows it up with a rainbow explosion. Yes. Which is acceptable. So yeah, they, they steal a bunch of stuff. Uh, Slow-mo takes out a bunch of Ed 209s. Just because they're there. And so Bumblebee and Sari have, uh, they've gone all the wire here, and they're conducting a surveillance operation. Yeah, they're really, like, Bumblebee and Sari are really kind of, like, adjacent to the plot in this episode. Yeah. They they get involved with it, but it's not really about them. I mean, this episode is mostly bad guys, and I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really good, but it's like, I... Again, this is another episode with a character wildly out of character. How is Bumblebee being so quiet on a stakeout? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess he's been humiliated so many times in the course of this that he is attempting to avoid further humiliation, which I think is in character. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you teach him like you're potty training a puppy? Basically, yes. You Keep rubbing his nose in it a few times? He gets yes, it? keep rubbing yeah. his nose in the time race, except he doesn't have a nose. <laughs> so yeah, they, they go to a parking garage, they assemble this thing and uh, you know they need one final piece and that is uh, Slow Mo's time ray and she's like, yeah, you, oh, no. you gotta be crazy pal cuckoo, crazy in the coconut <laughs> I'm not giving this thing up yep. like, uh, nope. but it, it turns out he's not asking because their mysterious benefactor who gave them the SUV is the SUV and he does swindle. Yay! And he transforms. Oh god, swindle's great. And he's got a great squarish head and great big eyes like his toy. And he's got a bolo tie. Yes. <laughs> and he's the littlest Decepticon, I think. Well, I guess because he's he just turns into a, like a regular ass car, like a it's yeah, a, like but, a large. But he's car. armed to the teeth. Oh, he is. Yes, he has more weapons than any other Decepticon in the show, but. Like, even, um, well, Lockdown is a car, but transforms into almost Decepticon height, because toy mechanics, but Swindle, yes. in the cartoon, and his toy, short little deluxe guy. Yes. He's wide. <laughs> so, yeah, he just, uh, he just blows the floor, the, uh, the floor out from three quarters of, oh, yeah, and I forgot to mention, jeez, uh, that mm-hmm. they finally came to a name for their villainous group, because they ride around in an SUV, they're the Society of Ultimate Villainy. Oh, yes, Brian Posehn gets the name drop. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of name drops, uh, while Swindle's doing a lot of talking, he mentions the Vok yeah, he, as a client. Uh, Slow-Mo tries to blast him oh, with her time God, ray, yes. and he pulls out this force field, 
which uh, he says is a... What did he call this? Uh, he got it from the Vok. Yes, it's a negatronic force field emitter. A little something I picked up in an arms deal with the Vok of Nexus Zero. Nice creatures, the Vok. If you're ever in the Nexus Zero area, do yourself a favor and check them out. You won't be sorry. Yeah, what the heck? Man, now I just want to see like Fred Willard schmoozing these like floating Oingo Boingo skulls. <laughs> Yay, continuity! Little Beast Wars reference for everybody. Cross universe continuity. Well, maybe cross reference universe continuity. We'll be getting to that next season. Yeah, and uh, Fred Willard is playing this as if he is uh, Ron Papil. <laughs> as so he should be. Yes, he's just, he is Swindle as an infomercial arms monger. Yes. Well, he's Swindle as. Um, Derek Wyatt remembered him from half of that one episode of G1. Oh, uh, what do you mean, from Bot? Yes. He remembered only the Swindle parts and loved Swindle because of that. And if you forget the rest of Bot, yeah, Swindle's great. I mean, it's probably for the best if you forget the rest of Bot. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, you said it like it's not appropriate. (laughs) Well, yeah. You know, nobody's getting duct taped over the mouth and then being hauled off to parts unknown. Oh, the end of season two was that G one was weird. <laughs> uh. So yeah, he uh, uses a tractor beam, swipes his thing, and uh, swipes Slomo's thing, and also Bumblebee has decided that maybe he does need backup after all. What? Oh, Bumblebee. Yeah, he just up. Uh, he learned this lesson from last episode. Yep. So he plugs the uh, plugs the time ray into the device and then calls up Megatron. I I would like to point out real quick that when Sari says that you're being irresponsible, you should really question your life choices. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. this half insane yeah. child has told you that you're being irresponsible. <laughs> Yeah, this this child, largely raised by an absentee father and an assortment of robots, <laughs> says, whoa, slow down a little there, Hoss. <laughs> Who has previously said that it's okay to pirate television shows if those shows are illegal to begin with. <laughs> Morality is clearly, and, and judgment is clearly up for question. Yeah. Yeah, he calls it Megatron, and he is uh, just schmoozing Megatron, and Megatron is kind of not having it. He's all, hey, Megatron, you're alive. That's great. I've got some stuff to sell you. Uh, how did you get this number? Yes. <laughs> I love the sales better so much. And then it turns out he got it from lockdown. Yeah. Yay! Yes, and, and Swindle's so glad to hear his biggest customer's still alive. Megatron, you old warmonger. Again, I mean, I can I can see that you know if if it's a situation like this, then say after the the planet has been taken or whatever, then yeah, you have all sorts of resources to pay these people. But how is he paying these people? Listen, they're robbing space banks. Yeah. Oh, I want to write that story now. Uh, so yeah, he's a, he's a hey Megatron. I've got this a weapon, and uh, look what I can do. 
So turns uh, turns this thing on. Horribly torment people. Yes. But don't t- you don't have to take his word for it. Oh, and man, I this I feel this was a missed opportunity to uh, show a bunch of black and white footage of Megatron's weapons not working. <laughs> <laughs> Did Megatron knocking over a bunch of bowls of popcorn? <laughs> like knocking holes in his walls. Oh, infomercial <laughs> accidents are the best. They're so Thanks, useless. Obama. <laughs> so yeah, it uh, this thing shuts down every mechanical device in Detroit, including the Autobots. Well, except for two things that have force fields. Yes, uh, which is Swindle and Sumdak Tower. Oh, it's a serious over. Yep. Well, um, you say some deck tower, but yes. So we'll sorry, there. you know, decide to, you know. So some deck tower is still on. The emergency force field is on. So I just have to drag Bumblebee over there, and he'll be turned back on. Unfortunately, I am ten years old, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like a an actual robot. Yes. But hey, good news! Here comes the Society of Ultimate Villainy. And they're just going to drag Bumblebee over to Sunback Tower with her, because Swindle screwed us over, and uh, this is a regular superhero, supervillain team-up. Yay! Yay! Revengers assemble! <laughs> Revengers resemble? Something like that. Uh, anyway, they get there, and hey, it's the it's the robotic Annie Potts again. Which is <laughs> pretty great. And unfortunately, uh, Sunback Tower is now Powell Tower. It made me sad. I mean, it also yep. made sorry sad, but it made me sad. Yes. But she gets a little measure of revenge when she reprograms the reception bot to greet people with, uh, welcome to Powell Tower. Before you see Powell is a boogerhead. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, Swindle is so happy that, uh, that this thing is working that he could wet himself. <laughs> Spring a leak, but yes, wet himself. Yes. So yeah, the the SUV attacks swindle. Their their power's now working because I guess they're all mechanical. Except I guess slow mo is just kind of tagging along because she doesn't have any powers without this thing, unless she has like I don't know clock shurikens or something that we haven't seen. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe she has, like, a clock hand sword, like Clock King. That would be pretty cool. She needs or that. She's just, or she's just somehow uh, fighting Swindle with her knowledge of train schedules. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest superpower. He did worse than that, Batman. He made me late. <laughs> no. Ah, Gotta watch that episode again. Yeah. It's pretty good. Maybe not that later one where he has a time machine for no reason. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's not one of the best. But it's okay. I mean, it sort of loses the charm of Clock King as just being this old white dude who can somehow fight Batman with his knowledge of time. <laughs> his knowledge of schedules. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the SUV are they make pretty Swindle makes pretty quick work of them because he has a zillion weapons. <laughs> Yeah, all these like little to the teeth. all these greeblies. He's got a big uh, Gatling gun that comes out of his stomach, which the toy does have. Yes. Yeah, it's like 
The, the toy has a bunch of the weapons, but it doesn't have all of them. No, it has the shoulder force. thing. It doesn't have the, like, force field fork things. And obviously it's got yeah, the big cannon. Yeah. But he is very neat, and it, it's even got the little uh, little cat eye pupils that uh, Swindle has for some reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And a little painted on bolo tie. Well, just so he can, you know, have... I mean, he does... That's That's something on the toy that... Like, the original G1 toy that wasn't really noticeable so much in the animation model. He did have sort of like a big sunglasses look on the animation model, but his yes. original toys had had big eyes, and that gets really, uh, you know, that gets really played up in his animated design. And so uh-huh. I guess to make it not look ridiculous, he gets little cat eye pupils, so he can actually be looking at things. He can express Yes. So, so, so while this is going on, uh, Bumblebee blasts Swindle with his stingers, and I actually work on a Decepticon for once, presumably because Swindle is a smaller guy. And then Sari uses her key to turn the uh, to turn the weapon off. Of course. So Slowmo tries to get her thing back because still a bad guy, uh, but instead all of them end up getting knocked off this parking garage. Uh, including Professor Princess, who I think falls on the angry archer's face. Oh, yeah, they fall in sequence, and and where she lands is unfortunate, like anime landing. It's not good. And then Uh, Bumblebee kills uh, a bunch of humans. uh, The end. (laughs) But on the other hand, check out those gams on uh, (laughs) slow-mo. And uh, due to her 30s trappings, I do feel comfortable calling them gams. Yeah, I would also accept pins. You know, Gams is a nice word. It's amusing. It should yeah. come back in fashion. It's a real solid dame. <laughs> anyway, so the Autobots are back. Swindle has this uh, this time ray. But, but instead, Bumblebee charges in and he min- and he zaps or the time blast instead goes off the, the force field, which is because uh, I forgot to mention this, but they somehow jiggered the controls on at Sumdak Tower so that each of these guys has a personal force field that surrounds which, them at all times, which is projected sure, from the tower. Sure, that's how force fields work. You can break off a piece of a force field and carry it with you. I mean, sure. force fields aren't a real thing, so I can buy this. <laughs> You'll allow it. So yeah, his force field deflects the uh, the time blast, and it hits Swindle, who then falls backwards, transforms, and is just stuck in... Vehicle mode. And we now know um, that, thanks to Swindle's descriptions, that he can, like, see and hear everything, but he can do nothing. So now the police department is going to go torture him horribly by taking him away and dismantling him. Stripped for parts. I don't think the police know that he's a Decepticon. They just think he's a car. Well, yeah, because they're arresting the four other criminals that are there, including a small child. What the they're hell? They're taking their getaway car with them, and and the Autobots just let them take Swindle away <laughs> to be broken down into parts. And it, it's like, is this some kind of weird cosmic karma for what Swindle did in oh, Box? This is, this, is like the, uh, this is like the end of a Spectre uh, comic book. 
Oh, and also the, the SUV tries to get away in Swindle, and he won't work. Yeah. Oops. They're not good villains. No. They're not a, that good at being villains at all. Yeah. I mean, come on, we gotta keep this SUV. It's our it's our thing. <laughs> it's it's our shtick now. We're the guys who have an SUV. <laughs> they're like uh, those guys in uh Oh, they're like uh the the thieves in Home Alone trying to come up with a new theme. <laughs> Mav, we're the sticky bandits now. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> and then Bumblebee has reveals to everybody that hey, I'm uh I'm okay with being with being part of a team now. Aww. Let's ship this guy off to have his organs stolen. <laughs> <laughs> so messed up. It's not okay. It's not okay. It- it is terrifying. <laughs> and yeah, that is the end of the episode, and unfortunately, that is it for all of these villains. Aw, really? Oh. This is the last time that we see any of the costume villains in this episode uh, for the rest of the series. Aw. Oh, I thought we at least saw Angry Archer again at some point. I, apparently he was supposed to show up in Season 3, but they cut his scene. And I mean, I can kind of see why you saw less of them because the series has kind of moved on to bigger threats. But I felt that the supervillains were a big part of the series' charm. Yeah. Yeah, especially since you finally got them all together, you could just add a few more in, get a whole sinister six. <laughs> you get uh, I don't know headmaster in there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, so. It is unfortunate, but it's a pretty good send off for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they all get to sort of do their thing. We get to, to see them interact with each other, and with the exception of Slow Mo and uh, Nanosec, they all kind of hate each other, which is uh, <laughs> how things usually go with supervillains. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I absolutely ship those two. Yeah. <laughs> and I assume that, like, they got somebody to build her, like, a regular time ray, and they're just out, like, a. A veritable Bonnie and Clyde in... Uh, yes. Although presumably without... I mean, thankfully this episode does not end with them being gunned down in Swindle. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Actually, come to think of it, I bet that's why she wears the beret. Because uh, Faye Dunaway is wearing one in Bonnie and Clyde. Oh. Uh, Although yeah. she isn't wearing, like, all those watches or a giant Flav of Flav clock. <laughs> but the giant Flav of Flav clock. It's very important. <laughs> I mean, that would have been a bold fashion statement. Yes. But no, it's it's a fun episode. It doesn't really have anything to do with the larger plot, although we do see Swindle again. Yeah. Yeah, he's not destroyed no, completely. No, thankfully, when we next see him, we won't just be begging for death as his organs are harvested. <laughs> <laughs> that, is a, that is a weirdly upsetting ending. Yeah. And they're just all chuckling over it. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell, guys? What the hell? <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's an episode I enjoyed a lot. I mean, I, I love superhero, supervillain type stuff, and uh, this really scratches that itch in a Transformers context. Yeah. So, until next time, you can find us all over the internet. We're on Facebook, we're on Tumblr, and we're on Twitter. 
and we are hosted by iaconunderground.net, uh, where we have a Patreon set up to help with our expenses, and that is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. And by the time this episode airs, we may very you may very well be able to chip into that Patreon and get our latest bonus episode, Kimono Friends 2, The Quickening. <laughs> the Kimonoing. Electric Boogaloo. Yes. No, it, it's it's a prequel. We're going back to the first episode. Okay, so it's uh, so it's this will be the uh, the Phantom Menace of Kimono Friends. <laughs> yes, exactly. Although, unlike uh, Phantom Menace, I'm not going to convince myself that I like it for about ten years. I ah, oh, I don't understand what people talk about that. I cognitive dissonance, my friend. I knew it was bad by seeing it once in a theater, and then I skipped seeing the next two, because I knew they couldn't get any better. Listen, I'm a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. I've spent down. a lot of time convincing myself that something's <laughs> going to be good. Oh, uh, okay, I get, maybe it's tied to faith in sports. <laughs> Listen, this is their year, man. George Lucas is uh, putting the team back together. <laughs> Go fighting Jedis. Anyway, our podcast is available wherever finer podcasts are found, both on iTunes and on Google Play. And wherever you find us, please rate and review us. helps the show out a lot. And, of course, join us next time when we are going to be getting in shape for Auto Boot Camp. This is is a good one. New characters! So until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. Okay. Raspberry beret, the kind you'd find in a second-hand store. Raspberry <laughs> beret, if it was warm, she wouldn't wear much more. Ram- it's a good song. Yeah. Uh, since this is a podcast, uh, just picture that I'm wearing that uh, that that sky and cloud patterned suit that Prince is wearing in that uh, video. He has suits that aren't purple. He does. Well, I guess, did. I guess I haven't seen enough Prince music videos. I mean, that was kind of his signature, but, uh, yeah. Okay, we are recording. Right. Why? Why do you have to have... There are other games you can do these things in. <laughs> but Skyrim is moddable so easily, apparently. Everybody... Yeah, does. put your horribly sexist designs into Doom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, more like there are games where this is the entire point. Like, uh, is there like a medieval le- leisure suit Larry? Uh, yeah.
There's, uh, I mean, there are some there's, really iffy. There's visual novels. Leisure like Tunic MMOs. Larry. I mean, there's, there's a reason why Korean MMOs and Chinese MMOs are synonymous with these kinds of things. Well, there's also that recent Conan MMO where you get to adjust penis size and things. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's a slider. Sure, why there's not? It's a slider for your dangle. All right. Are we all ready to go? Yeah, for it's a dangle sure. slider. All right. <laughs>